Tell them I want to avoid shipwreck. I want to avoid shipwreck and you may be seated. <clears throat> I want to avoid shipwreck. I am not a fisherman or an angler, I guess I should say, to be appropriate. I am not a seaman. I am not a sailor. But I do know that it can get extremely dangerous and you can get lost and you can have a lot of bad things happen to you out on the ocean, out on the sea, if you don't know what you're doing. A gentleman by the name of Peter Lord was skiing out in Colorado. And one day while he was skiing, he noticed something rather unusual. And he noticed some people wearing red vests with the words in bold print that said, Blind Skiers. Now, this is true. Vests in big bold print on them that said, Blind Skiers. Now, Peter says his thoughts immediately went to, you know, the thing, I have a hard time enough skiing with two good eyes, and how can they ski successfully with none? I mean, that would be my first, that was my first thought. You know, the answer to the question Peter had in, uh, that Peter had in thought was this, that they had a guide whose instructions they totally trusted and followed. As the guide skied beside them, he would tap his ski poles together and assure them that he was there. Every so often he would tap his ski poles together, letting them know that he was right there with them. Then he would say, go right, go left, stop. Slow down. Skier coming up on your right. What a picture. What a picture. Now you see, it takes me a little time and thought to wrap my mind around that. Perhaps we could say that life is like skiing downhill blind. Simply on the basis we can't even see five seconds into the future. Amen. We can't see the struggles to come or all the other skiers who might run into us or just flat run over us. And our fears are heightened when we recall how often We've been blindsided by people we trusted and circumstances we didn't see coming. Anybody here been blindsided in the past before by someone you trusted and someone you respected? And, 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 and how many of us have just been flat run over by the circumstances of life? Things that we didn't see coming. We thought we was going down the road, just everything was hunky-dory, and all at once we got... Speaking from a purely human perspective, it leaves the strongest of us feeling extremely vulnerable. Oh, yeah, it does. And it's all right to admit it. 
And that's exactly why we must place our confidence and our trust in Jesus Christ who never changes and never fails. Amen. As the songwriter penned, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word." Them blind steers had to take their instructor's word. Oh, he said, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord." Amen. Remember the passage that I read just a few moments ago in Isaiah. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. Everybody say that and not forsake them. What? Is it that gets us through the unfamiliar places, if you will, or the dark places and the rough places in life? Oh, the Course says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Amen. Avoiding shipwreck. The psalmist declared in the 73rd Psalm, verses 23 and 24, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. That's a winning combination. You can't go wrong. He said, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. And when it's all said and done, afterward you'll receive me to glory. The book of Acts chapter 27 is the account of Paul's journey by ship to Rome. He was on his way to Rome for what appeared to be his final time. And as they were journeying by ship out in the Mediterranean Sea and areas about there, they, Paul warned the captain along with all of those that were on the ship, saying, and as verse 10 records in Acts chapter 27, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Paul issued a warning. He said, if you, we continue this journey. He said, here's what the Lord has shown me. He said, I perceive that this voyage will end up with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. And regardless of the severity of the warning, the warning was not heeded. In fact, the Bible says in verse number 11, Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. I'll inject a little side note here. Some years ago, and I forget how long ago it was, my wife and I went to see the the uh, Titanic exhibit, and we went through all of that and uh, read a lot of the letters and stuff. And, so and if if the owners of that vessel and those who were in authority would have listened to the captain, they would have never hit the iceberg. 
He warned them repeatedly. They have documentation show. He warned them repeatedly. We are traveling at a too high a rate of speed in the darkness of the night and the cold Atlantic Ocean. We need to slow down. They would not listen. They were out to set a time record. They wanted to get across in a certain length of time and they would not heed his warning. And the same thing's happening here. Many generations prior, Paul warned them. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the order of the ship than the thing spoken of by Paul. I suppose it could be said life is like a voyage. And if that be the case, there's some things, I, there's some things I'd like to point out relating to this scene that we're looking at right now. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 27 and verse 12, and because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority, get that, everybody say majority, the majority is not always right. In case you haven't figured that out. The majority advised to set sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest and winter there. There was a place they wanted to get to that was a pretty nice place. It opened to the southwest, which means they didn't have the north winds coming in. And, and it was a nice place that they wanted to get there and park that boat for the winter. The first thing I would like for you to notice is this. They were dissatisfied with where they were. How many times do we find ourselves dissatisfied with where we are? Since the harbor was unsuitable, the majority decided that they should sail on. And you see, God doesn't guide us by dissatisfaction or by opinion polls. He guides us by His Spirit. Amen. And when things get difficult, we are called to overcome them, not try to escape them. Amen. We are called to overcome them, not try to escape them. The second thing I want you to consider in looking at this passage is that they were impatient to get to where they were going. There's not a single verse in the Bible that tells us to hurry up or we'll miss God. There's not a single verse in the Bible that tells us we have to go at a breakneck speed or we're going to miss God. But these fellows were in a hurry. They just wanted to get to where they wanted to go. And in fact, in the wilderness, Israel learned that when the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. If God wanted to take two or three days and just let the cloud sit there, then that's where they were supposed to stay. Whatever length of time, they learned that if the cloud moved, they moved. If it stopped, they stopped. When, and, and stay where you are and wait on God. We're an impatient people. Come on, fess up. We are an impatient people. We live in a microwave society. We want it now. Push the button, 30-second meal, now. We are a microwave society, and we want things to happen now. Amen. The third thing I want you to consider is this. They failed to heed God's word. 
They failed to heed God's word. Verse 11 says, But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, and I'm reading from the NIV, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. <laughs> you, you know, we've got to be careful. Because if we look hard enough, you'll find someone whose opinion confirms what you want to do. If you look hard enough, you'll find somebody that's preaching what you want to hear. If you look hard enough, you'll find somebody who will pat you on the back, regardless of the devastation that you may be about to run headlong into, and tell you you're headed down the right road. Amen? You look long enough, hard enough, you'll find someone whose opinion confirms what you want to do, and you'll find self-justification if you look hard enough. And that, my friends, will get us into trouble every time. The next thing I want you to consider about this passage is they looked to the circumstances instead of God to guide them. Oh, here's where we really need to focus our attention this morning. We, we get so caught up in the circumstance instead of allowing God to guide us. You see, verse number 13 through 15 says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. They thought they had obtained favorable conditions. Again, I don't know much about sailing, but when that southerly breeze kind of come, you know, meandering on the shore, the waters were calm, everything looked just real good to them. They read that interpreted as, whoo, the weather is in our favor, let's get going. They thought they had obtained what they wanted, so they weighed anchor, sailed along the shore of Crete before very long, Oh, it'll get us every time. Before very long, the shore, uh, sailing along the shore, and before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the, called the Northeaster swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm. Oh, boy. You see, the idea that circumstances will always line up favorably with God's guidance is not scriptural. I'm going to say that again. The idea that circumstances will always line up favorably with God's guidance is not scriptural. Sometimes God leads us through the wilderness. We may not like it, but He sometimes leads us through the wilderness. I've been through the wilderness. I don't like it any more now than I did then. But sometimes He takes us through the wilderness. And He'll never lead you anywhere that doesn't require His provision and protection. Did you catch that? He will never lead us anywhere that does not require His provision and His protection. My, my wife gave to me as a gift many years ago. Probably I should say many, many... Easy now. Many years... Many years ago, a little plaque that says, The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Let, let, me, let me tell you this. You might want to buckle up. 
If you can get there without God, He didn't send you. If you can get to your destination without God, He didn't send you. So if you're interested in avoiding shipwreck, ask God to show you the right way, which is His way. Amen? The songwriter continued, Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to trust His cleansing blood. Just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I suppose the question someone may be entertaining at this point would be, Pastor, once we are in the storm, how do we get out without losing everything? Once we're in the midst of this tumultuous storm, how do we, how do we get out without losing everything? And at the risk of sounding like a pessimist, first of all, we must prepare for the storm before we get into it. In fact, the Bible talks about, some of you remember where this is at, about a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Why? Because he believed in storms. The wind's going to blow. The storms are going to come. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to prepare for the storm. I'm going to get my foundation built on a rock so when the wind's done and the floods have stopped and everything has settled down again, my house is still going to be planted right where it was to start with. Amen. In fact, you'll find that in Matthew chapter 7. If you want to go back sometime, we can read it. You see, it's impossible to go through life without occasionally getting into a storm. Let me ask, where did society, and even the Christian community, if you will, ever get the idea that we wouldn't have problems? Now, I understand. I understand we got folks standing in pulpits this morning somewhere telling folks if they'll do this, that one thing, or another, they'll, everything will just be peachy, dandy, hunky-dory, and they'll walk through a bed of tulips. It's a lie. But uh, where do we ever get that idea that, you know, even in the Christian community where, where we wouldn't have problems? You see, Paul writing to the church at Philippi said in, verse number, in chapter 1 of verse 29, he said, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ... Not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Amen. Remember, this is warfare. It's warfare. The second thing I'd like for you to consider as it relates to getting out of the storm without losing everything is this. Stay calm. Brother Morris can probably attest to this, but as he, as he is a pilot, panic kills more pilots than bad weather because it clouds their ability to think clearly. Now, I'm not a pilot. I don't know that I ever want to be a pilot. The Bible said, lo, I am with you. <laughs> it, it, no. 
But I can vividly, you know, I've, 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 I've panicked before. I've been in those situations where I didn't stay calm. And it does wreak chaos. And I can only imagine what it must be like. And again, I can only imagine what it must be like in a situation and a pilot panic. They tell me you can get turned upside down. You think you're flying right side up. I don't know. You lose sight of the horizon. I don't know all these things, but that's what I've read. So, you know, you know we, we've got to stay calm. Remember, while in the midst of a storm, Jesus told His disciples, It is I. Be not afraid. I know that. You preacher, that's easy for you to say. You've not been where I've been. So here's the thing. We must get... We must get our eyes on Jesus and keep them there. Otherwise, our fear will hurt us more than our circumstances will. Amen? In fact, the Apostle Paul knew God's plan will always prevail, so he announced this in Acts chapter 27, verse 25. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I mean, the ship is coming apart. The wind is just taken out. They've got that thing hung up, and the wind is just tearing that ship to smithereens. Waves are tearing it apart, and Paul says, Oh, hey, y'all keep good courage. Keep your courage. Don't worry about it. Oh, boy, we got a madman on board. Now he said, Keep courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Not a one of us is going to lose our life. Oh, we might get wet. We might have to jump overboard and swim to shore, but... We'll all be all right. The third and final thing I would like for you to consider as it relates to getting out of the storm without losing everything is this. Never, ever, ever abandon your purpose. Never, ever abandon your purpose. They threw their cargo, the purpose for which they were even taking the journey overboard. The journey wasn't just Paul. They just happened to hitch a ride with Paul and some other prisoners along this vessel. It was a cargo vessel, and they just happened to hitch a ride. Their purpose was not to take Paul to Rome. Their purpose was to deliver cargo. Just don't do it. Never let go of the purpose for which God has called you, for it will sustain you through the hard times. Amen? Later on in life's journey, Paul wrote... In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he said, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So let me leave you with these final thoughts. Be strong. The storm doesn't control your destiny. God does. Amen. The storm does not control your destiny. God does. Jesus Christ is still in charge. Stand up and announce in all of these things we are more than conquerors. Amen? Oh yeah, Paul said, we are more than conquerors. The songwriter said, I am so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior friend. And I know 
Say that with me. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him. O'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Unbeknownst to what I was going to preach this morning, Sister Audrey put a little blurb in the bulletin that fits so well. It says, God is in control. The night is dark and stormy, but I have no need to fear. My Savior's watching over me. He's always very near. He makes the rolling thunder and sends each lightning flash. But all of His dear children know these things come to pass. So though it's dark and stormy, fear not, O faithful soul, but rest in the assurance that God's still in control. Lewis Pinkerton Fritz wrote that. Let us stand. Hallelujah. Avoiding shipwreck. How many of you want to avoid shipwreck in this present hour we live? Hallelujah. Enjoy this. I'm not usually this done this quick. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for your hand of protection. I thank you for your guidance, for your shelter. We know and affirm and are sure today that you are certainly a shelter in a time of storm. You're a rock in a weary land. You're a guide. You're all that we have need of. Today I pray, Lord Jesus, that whatever the circumstances anyone may be today in this congregation or those who may be hearing this via tape, uh, CD, or over the Internet, I pray, O oh God, that you will, through your mighty power and hand, help them to understand and know and realize that, Lord, you will avoid us and keep us from shipwreck if we will listen to your voice. If we will listen, O oh God, to you and allow your spirit to guide us and direct us, Lord, we know that everything will be all right. Although we may not understand what's going on around us, we may not understand the circumstances, and we just simply don't know. But we know that we are in your hands. And Lord, we know that as you take us by the hand and lead us, as you declared through the prophet Isaiah, you will never, ever forsake us. Never will you ever forsake us. I pray that the words that we have spoken here today will offer comfort and strength in times of need. Lord, that if someone is here right now, oh God, and they're facing the storms of life in which is unexplainable, I pray that you'll take them by the hand and lead them through. Knowing that if we build our house upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, when the storms have settled and the winds have ceased their blowing, that the house will still be founded firm on the rock, Christ Jesus. And I thank you for it and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Let us worship for just a moment.